Hi, and good morning, people, and welcome to Moral High Ground by the great SLK, that's me. And, you know, you can find this stuff on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Cast, Radio Public, and many other places. Right now, you know, you can find it streaming on YouTube here and there. This episode right here will be on YouTube most likely tomorrow. I um, also want to say look out for people pretending to be me online with fake Instagram accounts or fake emails. If it's an email with my name, it's not me because I'm not that stupid. Usually I use uh, <laughs> words and names and things you guys have never thought about. So trust me, it's not me if you see my name on an email and things like that. So just want to put that out there. Anyway, I like it if you guys leave comments and suggestions about things. Uh, today's episode might be a little long, but it, we're talking about something that's beyond just moral. We're talking about something that might be prophesized. We're talking about the Israel situation. And what I got before me is the great Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Democratic. I think she's a third district now of... Uh, of uh, New York, 3rd District of uh, the Bronx or whatever. And anyway, she is an interesting woman, uh, was young as a person to get into Congress. And she's a lot, you know, I had very high expectations for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the beginning. Now she's a little bit more, I don't know, of a bureaucrat, democrat, republican person, <laughs> politician, pretty much. The same things and don't really hold water. But I wanted to see what she was talking about Instagram. I caught maybe about three minutes of it, and I it was like 30 minutes long. So that's what's going on. We're about to listen to this, and I'm going to give my opinions on what I think she's talking about. And... When it refers to Israel, I'm going to give my overall opinion on Israel itself and how it relates to some form of biblical prophecy. So this is what we're doing. So with that being said, let's try to hear the great Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, shit. <laughs> my bad. Oh, shit. Okay, I had a mess up, people. So. Hello, everyone. Hope you're well. We're revving this live up. Um, hello, everybody. It's been um, such a devastating time, and I wanted to take some time to hop on live with you all and um, to discuss a lot of what's going on at the moment. Um, and to really be in community with you all. I want to provide you all updates um, about the present situation. I want to make sure that you all have updates um, in terms of what I've been up to and making sure that you have transparency about um, have some of our actions and things like that uh, at the present moment. But I want to discuss um, everything that's going on. Um, now, you know, I think there's first things to be said is that there is no way to discuss the conflict um, 
with Israel and Palestine without making someone extremely angry. So I'm gonna pause it there for a hot second because first off, I just wanna say this about AOC, Great Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, there's lots of politicians, uh, congressmen, congresswomen that are online like her uh, that are talking about the policies and the things they want to bring up that they stand strongly to or are strongly about uh, in their you know, whole political party and what they're all trying to do and achieve. I'll say this about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She unlike the rest of them, makes her uh, live streams with Instagram more realistic, more heartwarming in a way. Not heartwarming, I would say more natural, because she's at home right now. Obviously, you can tell she's at home. They got ones where it's her and her little dog and her at the Congress the, you know, building and stuff, and she's do all these things where she's everywhere, but she's with the people. It doesn't just look like a politician like right now with her being at home explaining the issue it makes it more comfortable more relaxed you're able to take it in better so it makes her feel more approachable by the video anyway than probably what they show you on the tv when she's on the news so but by her doing this though it makes her well more known than most uh republicans and democrats and i have to say that when they do things, it always looks professional. It always looks like they're still in a new setting. And that's what separates her from the other ones. So she has a way to make people feel comfortable enough to want to listen to her online. And I think that's what makes uh, her more popular amongst her peers. But anyway, this subject she's about to talk about is truly uh, serious and something I'm curious about. <clears throat> um, and... Angering people, angering people in power, angering people in general, angering people on the internet. Um, and that's, I'm just gonna say that um, up front. Uh, and frankly, that's a big reason why I think so many people um, have been silent around the human rights crisis that Palestinians face and, um, and the subjugation uh, of, of what we're seeing. But I think that that moment is changing. Oh, I think someone said audio gone. Um, I think that moment is changing and I want to um, talk about it. Um, and again, there's gonna be folks that are gonna be upset at any number of things that I say, um, but I think it's at least important that you all have transparency um, about where I am as an elected official, um, as well as you know where other people are. Um, so, uh, first things first. Uh Gotta pause it again, because I just you know I'm listening to this and I thought she was gonna get right to it, but I forgot. It's, like I said, I only watched several minutes of this, but the people say she doesn't really know anything. She's not smart and she doesn't talk. Um, about anything that makes any sense. They do the same thing with um, Kamala Harris and you know, her rival, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's rival, Marjorie Taylor Greene, <laughs> which they say is completely insane. But eh, with every bit of insanity slips a bit of the truth. And so she might have some good stuff too. But the thing about it is, 
uh, the hesitation that they have for responding quick enough to lie or, or us with the information they have to, to supply us with that information is very, very stretched out. So long of a pause. It takes so long to get to the point. Just get to the point and tell it how it is. The problem is this is what makes people doubt the government because it makes it seem like they're holding back secrets from us by their hesitation of just getting straight to the point and stretching out things and throwing words in that most common people can't comprehend. And that's just my opinion, man. Um, as I've titled uh, this live, I am one of 18 members of Congress that is that 17 or 18 members of Congress now um, that have co-sponsored a resolution calling for a ceasefire. And, um, and that has upset many people. Uh, to me, a ceasefire involves uh, the, the cessation and pause um, of hostilities that we're seeing. I also believe um, we must have a, a, a ceasefire in terms of the of of, um, of the blockade. Well, we, we must lift the blockade and the human rights crisis that precipitates on food, water, and electricity into uh, into Gaza. It, in my view, constitutes collective punishment. Um, and the idea that we that 2.2 million people must starve and be exposed to uh, diseases of water and more. Um, uh, so pause once again on her hesitation to get there. But going off of what she just said, a ceasefire would be most desirable. We do need a ceasefire, not just in Israel, but in, in any part of the world where there is a war. The thing about it is, the shocking thing about it is um, prophecy, biblical prophecy. Now you're saying, why? What's the biblical prophecy? You know, some of you that are Christian that don't even know what I'm talking about when, I, when I'm saying this, is because right now we have war going on with you know Russia and Ukraine. We have rumors of other wars where China wants to attack Taiwan, as well as us, or unite with Russia to attack us. We also have rumors that there's some kind of war going on south of the border in Mexico and beyond that in South America, which is kind of dumb because it's all America and we should just unite and call it a day. You know? But the thing that makes it a biblical prophecy is when you say that Israel is being attacked. And Israel already had a prophecy fulfilled that they would get their nation back after they lost it, and they got it back, oh, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, something, it's been a mighty long time since Israel became a nation after being spread worldwide. It has a lot to do with the, the actions that happened in WW2 that got them their own nation back. Now, in biblical prophecy, it says that all nations in the world will attack Israel, and this will start Armageddon. This will start the time that Jesus will start to return. And so, by a war already happening, Israel being attacked, and it says in biblical prophecies as well, that in the time of the end, there will be wars and rumors of wars, and that's what we got. And so, what's happening right now is Palestine, like you said, and Israel are at war. Israel is attacking most of Palestine. 
but there has to be a reason. There's no, there's no way two sets could actually sit in the same spot and not have conflict. So the thing that's bad is one of the most historical religious buildings was destroyed in Israel. And I will look that up so I can show you guys or, or explain it to you guys better. But it's the, the, the mount, you know, where Abraham tried to sacrifice Isaac and so forth inside that building and now it's destroyed and so with that being said this automatically leads to the coming of the end of all things which doesn't mean that it's time to uh run in fear and hide and and yes you can go and, and pray to jesus and god and so forth however you want to do it whatever you believe you know yahweh whatever jehovah whatever you believe and the thing about it is, it's not even that. It's a thing now where your character isn't checked. So the more good things you do, the more helpful you are, the more guidance you can give, the more of the good side you are on, and, and most likely will be able to find the blessings you need to survive the end of all things. And so I encourage you all, try to be humble or try to be helpful and guidance to those who have none and be the light to show the way to those who need that light in their life and once again Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez you know the idea that 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 should happen in order to you know as punishment for Hamas uh, is wrong uh, I must also say that Hamas's hostage-taking also constitutes a war crime. And, um, and what we saw on the 7th of October was an attack that was an affront to humanity. And the violence and the hostility that we saw with that was just un unbelievable violence um, that should never be accepted, ever. And I think sometimes some things that uh, that upset folks in this conversation is a core tenet and a belief that I have, which is, and that many people have, human rights, or human rights organizations have, is that war crimes do not justify other war crimes. Hamas's actions, which are horrifying, disgusting, an affront to humanity. I have sat with the families of uh, of hostages this week, and listening to experiences that three-year-olds who are currently held hostage by Hamas had to witness, witnessing their parents murdered, them taken. And there are just no words to describe the depravity of that. Um, so, okay, going back on what she said, when she said there's one war crime doesn't you know exclude another war crime war is brutal it's, it's gruesome you know it's gory but the thing about it is all sides are truly wrong unless unless what they're fighting for is truly a worthy cause for the survival and the sanctity of uh, I want to say that, but I'm not going to say that. But 
for the righteous, for the right, for mankind to survive, for families to grow, for a worthy cause to protect the people. In that sense, war makes more sense. If there is a side that is truly demonic and evil, and the other side is truly fighting for what's right, then war is justified on the right side, not on the wicked side. And so that makes it justified. But in no way, shape, or matter is any form of murder and brutality a good thing. Okay, that's something that needs to be explained and held up in a, in a, in a way where it's understood worldwide. You know, and it needs to be understood more in our country because there's too many people who go around murdering, raping, killing, manipulating, deceiving, and all this stuff. And so there has to be someone, there has to be some group, some people who truly go out encourage people to do right and understand they need to help protect those from those other people that will cause the negativity, the conflict, the evil, and the wickedness. And that, that just makes more sense. And uh, where she's going now, where she's talking about hostages and how these other people are brutality, you know, I think in war, because I watch a lot of little historical documents, I think in times of war, when it comes to some of these older countries, I have to say older countries because America is still a young country. It's only been around for a couple hundred years. Everything else has been around thousands of years. And so with these other countries, I have to say, they look at the other groups of people, not as people, but as animals or some form of creature. And so killing, raping, doing dishonorable things, like killing kids, parents in front of their kids, or vice versa, and taking them up, locking them in cages, is all demonic behavior and unhumane, and is a crime against humanity. But the thing is, how many of these people that do these things actually feel the repercussions of their actions at the end of war, when they're brought up in the middle of a tribunal, if there is a tribunal, or a situation where their crimes are, 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 are explored, uh, <clears throat> exploded, <laughs> I can't even talk right, when their crimes are exposed to the rest of the world, for you can see and judge them for what they did. And so this is the thing that I'm talking about that uh, bothers me, and it should bother you. So. And there's, it's, it's astonishing. However, that does not justify <laughs> my camera messed up here or whatever uh, microphone I don't know I had a, a glitch with when I was trying to record this and it came out wrong and you know I don't know little tiny repercussions of what was going on uh, when she was trying to explain herself just my computer having issues so. Those war crimes uh, do not justify the war crime of the blockade. It does not justify the war crime of collect collective punishment. It does not justify um, this indiscriminate bombing that we see. And it does not justify 
the starvation of Palestinian children. It does not justify um, the death of thousands of innocent people. And a lot of times when I bring up um, the ceasefire, I want to address the first critique right off the bat, right off the bat. The first critique is, well, what are we going to do about Hamas? And sometimes people more aggressively say, you're on the side of Hamas, or they'll say, uh, which is just, I think when anyone says that anyone, anyone who is advocating for a de-escalation of violence is on the side of terrorism, I think we need to really understand how disgusting of an accusation that is. You can disagree with a ceasefire 100%, that's well within your right. But the idea that people who are advocating for the safety of children and an end to occupation are on the side of terrorists, we need to take a step back. So she's right when she says you need to take a step back because she's right about a ceasefire. It should happen. But the thing about it is people, when they're grieving, demand more. They demand punishment. They demand uh, judgment being made apart upon the people that caused the harm, the threat, and the violence. And so they want to go to war. They want to do the same thing that was done to them and their families to the other people. And so this makes it a whole different conversation. It makes it a, a eye for an eye issue. And the problem with an eye for an eye is someone always ends up blind. So what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying, she wants to defend these people who uh, lost children and, and try to make it so no other children and families get torn apart or hurt. And so it makes sense. And I agree with a ceasefire period because we don't need more and more people to die over causes, especially over here in the states that we don't understand. You know, and the more people that keep passing away over hate and violence creates a dark spot, not just in people's hearts or in their countries, but in the universe. I believe truly that all negative energies on earth gets harnessed it somewhere in the verse. And right now there's a black hole in the middle of our universe. Maybe that was manifested through the negativity of human's thoughts on Earth, as well as whatever meteor that might be heading our way, which is something I'm gonna be talking about shortly uh, in another video here, uh, scientific conversation, as well as another scientific thing, but I'm not gonna get too deep in all that right now, focusing on Israel and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as we should. And so the thing about it is she's talking of a worldly cause to try to stop a ceasefire to help children and, and mothers and this family's period. And so bravos to AOC. We need to take it, take it a step back. And, um, and, you know, to talk about this critique 
with Hamas and say, well, you know, if you believe in a ceasefire, you're on the side of Hamas. What is your plan for Hamas? Let's rewind and see what's going on right now. How many Hamas are there? Does anybody know? Put it in the put it in the um, in the comments here. Um, if if you know what the population of Hamas is or the number of militants that are um, established in Hamas, the current estimates are around twenty to twenty five thousand. And for that, um, we are looking at the collective punishment of about, and you know, some people are saying 30,000, 40,000. Let's say, let's say we'll put that range between 20,000 to 40,000. Um, let's say you put that range. The population of Gaza is 2.2 million people. 2.2 million people for so that's the large number, 2.2 million, and she's saying there's only 20-something thousand people in a mosque that's causing this chaos. That's pretty bad. And I would say, how's, this, how's the saying go? The, the oh man, I can't even think of it right now. Something I commonly say, but this is early in the morning I'm doing this, so my mind's not fully together. So... Bear with me, this is why my English and stuff starts messing up and I stutter. But, wow, the numbers right there outweigh the something of the few. You guys know what I'm getting at. Never mind. Forgive me. Alexandria Cortez, pay attention to her. Hey, we, are, we are blockading water to 2.2 million people or 1.1 million people in northern Gaza alone. We are blockading water. For 2.2 million people, food, electricity, um, in order to target a population, a militant population that is in tens of thousands. Additionally, um, when you look at the current bombing campaign going on right now, how effective has this bombing campaign that we have seen been in the elimination of Hamas. If that let's say let's say we accept all of these let's say we accept all of these you know these statements, these points, right? I know there's a lot to be said about how things are phrased, whatever, but let's just take the, the, the talking points, right? Um how effective has the current bombing campaign been so far in the elimination of Hamas? The state of Israel, the government of Israel has said, our number one priority is the complete, quote unquote, elimination of Hamas. And there have been, uh, there have been statements made to the effect that that is more important than getting the hostages out, more important than protecting uh, innocent civilians, the most important goal. And so if that is the most important goal, we would think that you would have that completely uh, measured, correct? So I'm going to stop right there. So if Israel decided that was a good thing, they want to get rid of them all together, it makes sense. Their way of living, their historical 
biblical historical uh, structures have been destroyed. That means that these people are ungodly. It's automatic. Whenever a church or anything that's uh, supposed to be spiritual connected gets destroyed or tainted, then it's automatic, not just a crime against the church or the structure itself or the people that even work around that facility or things. It's a crime against God. It's a crime that says that you don't respect their God, you don't respect God, period. And you're automatically damned by doing so such a thing, such a demonic thing to please your demented way of thinking. And so many other people find hope and solace and and humbleness with those places. So by doing so, you didn't just make a crime against humanity by doing what you do to the people, but you literally told God to himself that you don't care about him and you don't care about what he believes and there's lots of other ways to say this in a more uh, how can I say a more powerful way that make you understand what I'm trying to say but either way it's wrong and it shouldn't happen and so I believe the people of Israel have every right to want to annihilate and vanquish their enemies and so, in this sense, um, I think she's overlooking the fact that it has a more of a spiritual thing with them than just um, the priorities of the people. So it's always about their God. We should know this if you read the Bible. It's always about the Israelites, the Hebrew people, um, all that. And so you're going to have to make sure that their respect for their God is always always a priority to them you got to make sure it's a priority to them and now that they make clear that it is you're going to have to either follow with them or go against it so what i fear here what alexandria is saying is that she's more concerned about the safety of the people and the children and stuff but she's overlooking the spiritual aspect which means if something did occur to where israel would not stop destroying these people that eventually America would fall for the other people who are losing tons of folks at, at a, a alarming numbers. Now, right now with the current war with Russia and Ukraine, the thing I find odd now is that America gives Ukraine a whole bunch of weapons to fight Russia as well as they should if Ukraine is a weak nation. But the thing about it is, as soon as Ukraine retaliates back on Russia, they're on the news talking about, oh, Ukraine attacked this place and and they question them, oh, Ukraine said they didn't do it, and all this was like, wait a minute, you just weaponized these people, and then you're making them explain themselves for attacking a place in Russia where they're losing people in Ukraine? It makes no sense. This doesn't make any sense at all. So whose side are you truly on? They're trying to play the in-between role with these wars. They're trying to say America, even though America's always played 911 to the rest of the world, whenever there's a problem, they jump in there like they're the, the main source of protection for the rest of the world. And it has to do with thinking that they're on top, and it always has, but except for they're not on top of the American people themselves. So the concept becomes they're the judges and jury of all things that has to do with war across the world. Some things I think they need to just stay out of. 
And in this situation, I believe it might be something America needs to stay out of. But the concern right here in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's eyes leads you to believe that she believes that Israel is in the wrong for not trying to pull their people out, get them back, that are held hostage, and whatnot. But like I said, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. They have to protect their whole culture and their whole belief system, and it all has to tie around Yahweh and the belief system of Yahweh. And if you don't know, that's the... the, the, the oh, <laughs> I'm trying to say it right. That's the Arabic term, the Hebrew term for God is Yahweh. So this is the issue and this is what she's going on about. But like I said, she's only worried about the enemy's children. That the public should be getting updates almost every single day. But what the public is getting updates on, what we're getting updates on, is in thousands of Palestinian children that are dying. The thousands of innocent people that are dying. And um, the idea that this is going to come at a cost of thousands and thousands of civilians, and we don't even know how effective this bombing campaign is in six days. In six days, the government of Israel dropped more bombs in the small concentrated area of Gaza than the United States had dropped in an entire year in the entire country of Afghanistan. And I think it's important that in this environment, there's a lot of disinformation and a lot of misinformation. So when I state something, I'm going to tell you what I'm, what I'm citing. With that, I am citing the Washington Post, who themselves quoted a defense and military expert who was involved in the with the Pentagon during this time. Okay? So that's where I'm getting my fact on that. And so we have basically done a year of Afghanistan in six days. Surely, there should be some reporting. And not tomorrow, not, oh, let's get some numbers in some days. This should have been happening the entire time, correct? So, pausing that real quick, because she's about to go on a rant. And I only said it because I watch a lot of her stuff. But, <laughs> the thing about it is this, okay? So, she's talking about how many bombs... Israel's and attack this place. Me personally, growing up, used to always hear about people trying to attack Israel, throwing bombs at Israel, Israel being bombed or attacked. This is actually good in a way that Israel's able to defend themselves and be able to attack for their people, for their nation, for their God. And so I believe it is a good thing that this country is actually trying to do things without outside help. And I think this is alarming for other countries that sit there and try to support Israel all this time. And you constantly hear this year, this year alone, I don't heard so much on the news about Jewish people, about the Holocaust, and about Holocaust survivors that explain things. I watched 100 year old dude Looked like he was dang near about to fall over explaining uh, the stuff that happened in the war. And, I mean, there's a reason for it. 
there's a reason why something that happened in the 30s and 40s is being brought up again now. There's a reason why Israel is being attacked and is attacking now. So there's a reason why all this has to come into play. And I believe, this is something I've always believed, is there's a certain point in time where evil tries to destroy the world and the good people have to come together to try to stop it, pretty much preventing or pausing or turning back the clock on Judgment Day. So it prevents it. If you want to look at Hitler as a, a guy that was wiping out Jews and everybody that he thought was uh, not a pure race, you know, and you think of that as evil, especially some of the stuff he did that most people aren't aware of, you know, you know, like baptizing babies in the church all at once, getting rid of God's image and making them baptized to him, you know, it becomes an evil thing. And so America, along with Russia, England, and a whole bunch of other places came together to destroy that evil. And after it was decided, the world had to come back to try to be normal again, and has did so for a while. The evil that attacked us from uh, Iraq, as she's talking about, Iraq and Afghanistan, wasn't the, that evil as, I don't want to say it in a certain way to, to piss people off, but it wasn't to the extreme of, of Hitler or anything like that, like Mussolini and all that. It was just to the extreme of wealth. It has a lot to do with oil. has a lot to do with probably the opium trade because that's where main sources of opium come from is Afghanistan and things like this. So it was about wealth. But with this situation, once again, when certain things get brought up, you have to pay attention. This is biblical prophecy because Israel is a spiritual nation. So even more than the United States that claim to be a Christian nation, but yet everyone does ungodly things now. Before, even in the 80s and the 90s, you could still say, yes, this is mostly a Christian nation. Now you can't because there's abominations going on. There's judgments that represent and promote evil and promote demonic behavior. And this is a good conversation just based off the dang month and the holiday that's coming up. So it's a thing where you have to realize, are they truly one nation under God? I don't believe so. But then again, if it's a nation under God, which God are they serving? And so, in that sense, Israel established what God they are because that name alone, Israel, proves that they are descendants of God's children. And so, this shouldn't be up to judgment, and it should be something where we shouldn't have people coming in and uh, dictating what they do to their country. I have to say, this is a goofy face I paused on her, but she makes funny faces. It cracks me up. The goose woman's awesome. If this is the number one goal, there should be continued assessments that the public knows, that everybody knows. Instead, what we're getting is the number of innocent Palestinians that are dead and wounded. I am a member of Congress. Every year, the United States passes a defense budget. And... Um, and what we hear consistently in this defense budget is how precise weaponry is, how advanced technology is, how targeted and sophisticated all of our military equipment is. And yet what we are seeing here is indiscriminate. 
And um, I know that even though in my day-to-day -day job, I am in an extreme minority on in Congress, I'm actually in a wide majority of the American public because polling was just released on Friday or just late last week that showed 66% of the American public supports a ceasefire. 66% of the American public supports a ceasefire. And so this notion and the gaslighting that happens in Washington all the time, especially around issues of defense spending, um, it's something that I think is a phenomenon in our politics, um, but it's one that we have to be aware of. So she's right. You have to be aware of what's going on in our nation. And I think she does a good job of, of exposing things. There was a thing she did, a, oh, I want to say a year ago, maybe. It's a while back. And I was going to do like a thing about it, but every time I try to do anything with a politician, I get a copyright or some nonsense. But I felt that what she was talking about then was, was needed to be known. And it was something to do with housing, and uh, she had another congresswoman. And we needed to know that. We needed to know what they were going to do to the housing and what they were going to do to the people. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was right on the money trying to explain it, along with other things she's tried to stand up for that I believe the, the regular news doesn't cover enough. But she does it herself real good on Instagram. And you got to appreciate that, that there's a congressperson willing to step up and at least try to tell you something, regardless of how you like it, where she or don't like the fact that she says that everyone's trying to take advantage of her sexually or whatever other nonsense they throw out there that, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez looks bad with. And some of the stuff she does that makes herself look bad, but hell, no one's perfect. Not even a congressperson. Definitely not a congressperson. But we need to be aware of certain things in our nation. As for the things she said where 60 or something percent want a ceasefire in America, America is a small country compared to the rest of the world, and so I would believe America's statistics should have to work with the rest of the world's statistics on trying to explain a ceasefire, not just in Israel, but in Ukraine. So this is my thing. We need to become one whole big united world. We have to have a tribunal to judge all war crimes with everyone in the world instead of trying just to have America dictated be the main um, source of who gets punished. And maybe England has something to do with that too. I'm not sure how MI6 works. But then again, I'm gonna start thinking about freaking espionage and James Bond. Uh, you ever think about it, James Bond and Jason Bourne, they have the same freaking initials, weird. And, um, you know, there are some things that when we see them should just simply be an affront to humanity. When we see the atrocities that were committed in Israel on October 7th, when we see the atrocities of, uh, in, in bombing these targets, 
There has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. Hamas is currently holding 200, about 200 hostages. Um, and they must be released. It's a war crime. It's a war crime. Um, the government of Israel for many years have been detaining innocent Palestinians without charges. And that also is something um, that should be named and raised. Additionally, I think another thing that we need to take uh, a look at, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of different elements to this, right? Um, but I think that the incredible amount, and someone said, you know, the, the hostages that um, Israel is holding, that is also something that should be discussed. That has come up over years. Um, and, uh, and that is absolutely, you know, the, the numbers and the estimates, I believe, are in the thousands. But war crimes do not justify war crimes. And I think that that is something, you know, that is important to say and to center. I'm going to agree with Alexandria Cortez. You know, war crimes don't justify other war crimes, and I like the fact that she's putting it out there. What needs to be explained more, though, is how do you find the issue to resolve all this? What justifies the right way to act in war? And the thing that I believe, there is no real way to, to uh, justify it because war is always brutal and gruesome, like I said. But if she can, then she is a savior that everyone needs. <laughs> I actually said that when I made a video about her, but it's the truth. Um, additionally, context is not the same thing as justification. And that's a two-way street, right? Context, we must talk about the context of what's going on. Um, but that's not the same thing as justification. Uh, and that's a two-way street. And so, um, you know. Another, I'm pausing it again because the reason why I'm pausing it this time is because how she kept saying it's a two-way street. And this is what I see on the news lately is when, when like someone like Kamala Harris starts talking and she repeats things over and over again. They're saying she's stupid. And so I believe someone will say the same thing about AOC right here. They always like to say she's stupid. She's not smart. I was watching a live stream, oh, last year. I was in a laundromat, and I was watching her talk about, oh, I forget what the issue was now. But there was some guy that said something in a comment. goes, oh, look, she's trying to sound smart and stuff. I know that's got to get at her when it, and most of the comments were like that this is when they really started talking bad about her now people barely talk about her because they're more worried about the presidency because we're getting close to 2024 but i believe that some things she says is really valuable and some things aren't and then when you analyze some of the stuff you know it's just no different than any other politician you got to realize that some stuff is good and some things is bad you know you take the good you take the bad you take them both and then you have facts of life you know <laughs> pretty much simplified so i like i said before this is an issue that there's no winning in speaking out on right there's no i've learned that there is no right way um to discuss this 
because as reasonable and as responsible as you tried to be, you tried to stand up against, um, against violence and the killing of children, you can be called both a terrorist sympathizer and on the side of oppression and with the establishment within the same minute talking about the same sentence. And she's right about that. And the thing about it is it doesn't just go with acts of war. It goes with normal day life. A dude sits there and tries to protect the child and there's something wrong with that guy. Um, there's this woman I know who constantly, like, she pretty much constantly goes off about her grandchild and how the father lets her sleep in the bed. And the kid's a, a kid, like whatever, it's his kid. Why do you automatically gotta put perversion in there and make it seem like something's happening? You know, it's just the thing that people think nowadays is crazy. You know, kids need protection, kids need safety and education and all kinds of stuff. So it should be a thing where you're like me, where I feel like you gotta worry about the future. And like they say, the kids are the future. So how messed up is the future gonna be if you don't focus on trying to fix the kids before they get to uh, preteens or teenagers and really don't give a damn. You gotta put some kind of morals, some kind of values, some kind of sense into the child. So we don't have a messed up future like we got a messed up present right now. <laughs> we have a messed up place right now because of the results of my generation, Generation X. And <laughs> not give it a damn, we try to be the cool guy or whatever we was, you know, the rebel and not care. But this is what the world is now, so it has to be fixed, you know. And so the children are a priority, but it's a damn shame every time somebody that's a grown-up tries to step up for children that people think the most wickedest and demonic things are perverted things. But that doesn't mean that we should be silent. That doesn't mean that we should watch this happen. And very often, someone will tell me, why, why care about this? And it is because this is one of the largest uh, places that we see our public, U.S. public funds go. United States is an ally of Israel. There is no questioning that. There is no questioning that at all. And I would say to my friends um, who are, you know, have, have been some of the most vociferous um, supporters of this alliance, what I would say is that when we talk about the value of democracy, what makes democracies different, the argument for democracy is that democracies are different because we respect rule of law, because we center civil and human rights, because we are civil societies that are democratically elected, that represent the will of the people. And in times of war, we should be upholding our democratic principles and be an example to the world about what makes democracies different. And I believe she's right in, in a lot of senses, but at the same time, just the whole thing when she said democratic, it's the whole thing is democracy is what America is based around. And I believe America, if allies of Israel and is, I believe 
have obligation to explain themselves and what they're planning to do to support that country from right now she sounds like she's a little bit more concerned about the opposing enemy of israel at the same time i have to say that she's right in another sense too where <clears throat> where she's saying that she needs to know where the money's going type of thing pretty much she didn't say it that way but that's what i'm saying you know oh she's right a lot of military operations a lot of things have to do with soldiers and stuff the money always goes there. A lot of the time, American public does not know that tons of money has been filtered from America to another country to support their war effort. And I believe that's wrong. You know, it's just like, a, I don't know how many years ago when Trump was still in office, you find out that South Korea has troops guarding a certain tunnel and has been guarding that tunnel since the Korean War. And that they were spending over 16 trillion dollars to keep these guys just standing around this stupid tunnel over all the years since the korean war which happened in 1951 reason why i know my relatives are all vets from that war that they most of them are all passed away but they're all vets from the korean war and the way it goes down though is that happened in 51. so since 51 till now to the time that trump stopped that from happening they were spending 16 trillion dollars Imagine how many things could have been solved in this country. We could have had education so We could have found new medical advances. We could have found new ways to do things and operate and pay off a lot of debts, not just for the country, but for America public itself. So she's right, 100% right. She needs to be worried about it as well as any other politicians. So right here, give her props for paying attention to where the money goes. And even allies or even if you are friends, if your friend, if you, let's bring it down to the friend level, right? If your friend starts doing something wrong, it is your friend's responsibility to bring them in. Um, we have a responsibility to follow our laws. The United States has something known as Leahy Laws. Leahy Laws, uh, the Leahy Law prohibits the United States from providing military and funding and other kinds of uh, defense assistance to governments that are involved in gross human rights violations. That's U.S. law. And what we just saw was a State Department official that just resigned last week who is in the thick of these types of defense transfers program saying that we are not applying Leahy laws to what is going on with our ally. It's, it, 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 this is about, this in a lot of ways, this is about the United States and, um, and our commitment. Now I know so I'm going to pause it here, and for those listening on Spotify, I'm going to come back with a part two to wrap this whole thing up with the great Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the attack on Israel and what America is supposed to be doing. And once again, we know where the moral value holds here because this is prophecy. So it's up in the air. The only one that can judge right now would be God. So with that being said, I'm going to snap out of this and say... Peace be with you all, and till next time.
Peace.